1: What if Santa didn't need eight reindeer to guide him through the night? Hey, Mercedes, map me to Kalamazoo.
0: Okay, mapping the fastest
2: route to Michigan.
1: Or what if his sleigh could get real-time weather info? Hey, Mercedes, what's the temperature on the 25th? 22
0: degrees. Rooftops may be icy.
1: Mercedes-Benz MBUX technology hasn't made it to flying sleighs, but it's available to you on the A-Class, the GLE, or GLC. And you can get them all for an exceptional price during the Mercedes-Benz winter event.
2: MBUX command simulated.
1: Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.
0: Welcome to the Barcelona Podcast, episode 148. A mystical Opinion brought to you by the most influential voices in the FC Barcelona community. I'm Dan Hilton, and just like I was last week, but last week Antoine Griezmann was an Atletico player, and now he plays for the Bagrana. This kind of transfer business means that I needed to bring in a heavy hitter. You know him. It's Frances Tomas. I know you've been on vacation in Disney World, Frances, the happiest place on Earth. How do you think Mickey Mouse and Goofy dealt with the uh, Griezmann news? Did it, did it sour just a little bit?
3: No, they, they were really bothered, man. Um, Mickey was totally depressed. Um, Goofy apparently has got some French family somehow, so he was fairly happy. And Mary Poppins cleaned the whole mess up, I think.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. Just a spoonful of sugar helps the Frenchman get a, uh, acclimated at Barcelona. I think that's the old saying from the from the movie. So today we're going to be doing a lot of La Ronda. That's why I brought you in to help me out with that. And we're going to do a quick segment of La Gran Pagunta because uh, not to plug Barcelblog.com, which is the the, the if you even are watching this or listening to this through Barcelblog, uh, you can head over to the website there, Francesc, already released a piece I'm going to have one a little bit later on in the week basically uh, a ying and a yang of the transfer of Antoine Griezmann meaning La Gran Pagunta today again it'll be a short one but will Antoine Griezmann be a king or a clown at Barcelona and this leads into a wonder question we also got Michael's question are people now underrating the Griezmann signing because of, of how he got to Barcelona and Frances I, I want to give a chance for you to plug your article uh, that you put up on the site recently uh, but also kind of get to the fabric of the fact that Antoine Griezmann as a talent seems to not in any way impact his coming to the club and it really just is all about the signing the transfer last summer and how long do you think it's going to be before we get over all that
3: well in a way the the signing of Griezmann has nothing to do with Griezmann himself you know the issues that I have with it at least Um, Griezmann is a great player World Cup winner he's performing atletico tremendously well For several years um, in terms of goals, in terms of assists, in terms of um, respecting his manager, adapting his game. Um, He's a much more fighting, aggressive defender than he ever was. Obviously, he's still an attacker primarily, but um, he's taken to Diego Simeone's guidance and adapted, which which is credit to him. I think that uh, there are not many strikers in the world that are able to find spaces in the way that he does. I think that he's got total respect for his teammates um, in terms of, um, as I said, adapting himself to, to other skills. Um, he's very generous uh, given the fact that his assists have been out on uh, the system in high for many years. And in front of goal, he's great. Um, but obviously, that being said, there is, <laughs> there is the fact that you can avoid this the guy's a bit of a clown. I think that the way in which he treated Atletico and Barca last year was shameful um, obviously he was toying and trying to tease both fan bases i've got a lot of friends who support atletico as well and they went happy with him last year they thought he was leaving and they thought that putting a documentary up uh, to embarrass them on national tv wasn't great and then uh, to everyone's surprise he actually chose to stay my friends that support atletico didn't change their minds i didn't change my mind either um i think that that it's something that, obviously, American listeners will know will know better than most. Um, LeBron James did, I think it was on 10 years ago now, with the decision when he decided to take his talents to South Beach for, for Miami. And now the guy, obviously, LeBron James seems to be quite high in his um, list of respected athletes and tried to follow that. But I think it was disrespectful for LeBron to do that. And I still think Griezmann, taking a leaf of that book, was... Was was stupid. Um, so he decides to stay, and then a year later he leaves again, um, not into the same club that was changing him before. So he has made a mockery of the people who trusted him at Atletico last year to stay, and obviously has taken advantage about the fact that the board at the Barca um, at, at Barcelona, the Camp No right now, don't really seem to understand what miss conclude means, and they. Are happy to spend 120 million euros plus whatever bonuses are involved to sign a guy that clearly doesn't respect that fan base
0: yeah basketball really uh, is leading in what is at the moment a, a generation of professional athletes where the kids and and people are following players from team to team and a lot of time you know in the world of social media and everything we have now the brand of individual athletes sometimes trumps Clubs, and that's why when you you know mention Messi club, when it comes to Barcelona, the brand is, and no player is greater than the club. Uh, and you know we have to believe in hypotheticals even that you know Messi has completely dedicated uh, his whole career to Barcelona, and to a point where Kules would say Messi at some point you know uh, would would you want to if you want to be somewhere else, Messi? Uh, as as much it would tear our hearts out, he's earned the right to 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 have that choice, but. Griezmann's never done anything for Barcelona, and that's why people were a little frustrated by the fact that this player seemed to believe that uh, he was greater than, than than the the club itself in, in Barcelona, uh, and that comes back to even the idea that uh, you know, Mesquim club," first uttered by club president Narciso de Carreras in 1968 uh, during his uh, nomination speech. It also is connected to uh, in the latter half of the 21st century, obviously, uh, or excuse me, the 20th century and into the 21st century, it's connected to that Catalan identity of Barcelona as well. And, you know, while the world is now global and Barcelona is a global brand that I talk about uh, a lot in that manner. And so Barcelona and their marketing uh, make sure that they're contributing to their Asian audience and their audience uh, in the Americas and all these different places around the world. Uh, Barcelona itself—it it, it still has a foundation in, in Catalonia, and a player like Marc Andre Ter Stegen, uh, it, for Griezmann, that's going to be a, a similar model to try to try to follow. That Ter Stegen has become a Catalan. Uh, yes, he's a German, but look at the way he is so tied his identity to the place he lives that. You know, locals see him around and enjoying Las Ramblas on his on his scooter and on his uh, and all these different things. And they see him around and he's a figure in the community. Uh, And that's the biggest way to get yourself to be a part of Mesquino Club and to be a part of Barcelona and give yourself fully uh, to the cause of that club. And not to say that he was selfish, but that's I I think what it has happened before is still going to affect him and us as Cooley's. For some time, but I think he's correct in saying that, uh, and I think maybe this is where we put a pin on it and we'll start answering questions now. That he said that uh, a will be his, his way to say, I want to be forgiven. And I think he's right in saying that, that if he's able to perform on the field and deliver trophies, all will be forgotten. And I, I think that's a, a, probably the, the way to leave it because uh, we still have a, a, a bunch of other guys to talk about in this same realm about whether or not their clowning around has been a problem. And I think trophies are going to be what has people change their tune.
3: Well, let me just add one little point here. Um, this is from personal experience. Um, as regular listeners to the podcast know, especially at the beginning when I was in every week, uh, when we sort of kick-started this adventure together then, um, my brother Sergio played at La Masia. Uh, he was teammate with Andres Iniesta. I think it was 1996 uh, when they coincided in um, in the Infantil Bay at the time. Alevina, that's when... When Andres joined joined La Masia, um, when my brother was there, there was a, a manager that regular listeners and people who have followed La Masia in depth would have um, would have heard of. It's Albert um, He then, you know, 20 years later, I think he's coaching in Japan at the moment, um, and Iniesta still still respects him. He's basically, he basically was his mentor. Anyway, long story cut short. Um, every single child that played in my brother's team and throughout la masia um, as well they have this set of values the values that adhere to the Mescom club principles so you've got success you have got respect for your rival you've got playing the right way you've got sacrificing for your teammate you've got being humble in victory and defeats and and being respectful to to the other team's community um if as we know, players from Barca players from Juvenil, players from further down, are not getting to the first team because, you know, the last guy that successfully made it into the first team is Sergio Roberto. Uh, you've got Carla Salagnar and Ricky Puch sort of knocking on the door now, but, you know, they, they're not established anywhere near that. Then you have, to, you have to admit, whether you like it or not, that the La Masia system is broken. And it is broken because the, the opportunities just haven't been there. Now, whether there is because um, the, the, the actual coaching in La Masia and the expectation of La Masia and even the attitude from the kids playing in La Masia um, is different, then I'm not going to argue with that. You know, that that's, that's clearly we live in a media, social media-driven world that just simply wasn't there 20, 25 years ago. I mean, the fact that we know about Xavi Simons and we've been awaiting him like, since you know, for four or five years now as if he's the holy grail of football, uh, when the guy is only, what, 16, 17 now, it's just, it's just nonsensical. But what I'm trying to say, like these kids, they have offers from, I don't know, Bayern by Munich, uh, Dortmund, um, Chelsea, Manchester City, from age 16, 17. I'm talking about the ones that are really, really good. Then a lot of them leave. Uh, we know that Gomez, um, Sergi Gomez left, um, Abel Ruiz decided to stay, We've got several players that have joined Manchester City um, and, and so on. So, say say they leave, then the, the fan base, the Barca fan base, consider them to be traitors. Uh, they are not, you know, they're not compromised with the Barca sort of philosophy. They should leave, blah, blah, blah. Fine, great. But the ones that stay don't really have much more success either, do they? Like, they get to Barca B, like Abel Ryd, for example. He stays, goes to Barca B, and then he stagnates there. And that didn't happen before. That throughout the years, if you were good enough, you would get a chance. Look at Pedro. Look at Busquets. Look at um, even, even Rewinding Back. But people like Amor, for example. Um, López Recarte, even, if you, if you want to sort of push it. And these are players that have traditionally been good in the lower ranks, and they've been given a chance at first-team level. But that is just not happening now. And... You know, of course, you can blame Valverde for this. Uh, you can say, you know, he was signed from Atletico Bilbao because, you know, he was known for promotion of, of sort of homegrown talents at Bilbao. But he hasn't done that here. But the thing is, if the manager, who is one person that is, in a way, easily replaceable, is not giving you what you want, then the the, the sauces and the board in first instance, obviously, needs to um, actually change. But that's not happening. The sauces uh, are seeing this decline of La Masia and the fact that you know there's not many any national players or Catalan players even in the first team anymore, and they're really not not doing much. So the whole system is quite broken, and I'm really disappointed and sad to say this. But if after all of that, all you all you have coming to the team are players like I don't know, Andre Gomez. You got players like Coutinho should have been should have worked to be honest, but it just didn't. And then you got not only that. Players like with the attitude of Griezmann, and the fact that the, the whole of our families was disrespected last year, they're still chasing for a whole year, and they still pay that much money for him. To me, is it just doesn't make any sense, you know? And and I do understand times have changed, but you know how many times over the last 20, 25, 30 years have Cules criticized Madrid for doing exactly what we're doing now? Like the, the Galactico era, you have um, I do they they always stole Figo from us. They had Beckham, they had Ronaldo, they had all sorts of players being signed the same way that we are signing players now. So for anyone to think, for anyone to defend, for anyone to argue that and Club still stands, is is either hypocrisy or blindness. And I for one am not gonna stand for either one of those.
0: Yeah, I think the straw is gonna break the camel's back, leads us into La Ronda. Uh, we got some questions obviously about Neymar. Don, is it possible to turn our attention to Delict and away from Neymar? Uh, it seems like Neymar's the story of the summer right now. And Delict, obviously, with his agent, he's just driving the price up at Juventus. I don't think uh, if Barcelona's name is still thrown around in Delict, it's because they're trying to get the most out of Juventus. Uh, it seems like that's where he's going to be. And uh, I don't see that changing. And I think that's the reason why you're hearing it less and less uh, in the Barcelona news because Delict is pretty much done. And Neymar is just going to dominate the headlines uh, throughout the rest of the summer with what's going on. And Minor asks, what happens about the buzz around Neymar's return? Does it, does it die down slowly before the start of the new season? I don't know, Frances. It seems like the Neymar stuff will continue until he's either a Barcelona player or it will just continue.
3: Right. Uh, Neymar. So this is a player who was fantastic for us. Um, Two, three years ago, decided to leave and he wanted to leave because he couldn't stop playing with Messi any longer because he was in his shadow. Then he went to Paris because that was the team that paid him the most. He, I don't know if he tried to lie to himself or, or he tried to lie to all of us, saying that he was looking for, for glory. I don't know what glory you're going to get in the French um, national championship, with all due respect. And at international level, he, he got nothing. Um, so that now you know he's had a lot of problems on and off the pitch. He has got a lot of um, relationship problems with his coach. He hasn't jailed with a lot of his teammates. He's much more injury prone than he was before. Um, and he's finally realised that he's doing nothing and he's wasting away in Paris and wants to come back to us. Well, sorry, um, I don't think that sounds like a player that I would want either, you know. But the thing is, in terms of personality, you know, in terms of prima donna level, that's not something we wanted, you know. Even when he was with us, he was very, very prone to like dive and and show voting and all that stuff. That it was quite embarrassing at the time. And to be honest, with the years, it's only got worse. So is that someone that is that the sort of personality? And it goes back to Grisman thing we said before. Is that the sort of personality that links with masculine club and the values we have, or we should, or we have traditionally have, and we should be still have it? Well, absolutely not. But at the same time. Is Neymar a better player than the ones we got in the squad now? But Messi, well, yeah, he is. So should he come back? If Messi and Bartomeu want him to come back, I'm sure he will. If, um, obviously, his current club allows him to go. Uh, would I have him back? No, absolutely not. So personally, I know that this probably will surprise a lot of people. Um, I would rather do it the Ajax way, the way that we've always done it, um, which is signing two, three, four, five players. That are international stars um, like your Romario, Kuman, Stojkov, even Laudrup at the time, and then have national and homegrown players um, filling up the rest of the gaps. You know, there's a lot of players that have been signed in the last four or five seasons that don't add anything that the locals, the, the homegrown players, couldn't have added themselves. And if that means not winning La Liga for two, three, four years, I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, I think that the, current, the, the world we live in, the current we-need-to-win-and-we-need-to-win-now mentality is it really is detrimental to what our club has traditionally stood for. And, and if if it takes three, four years of losing or not winning, not necessarily being seventh in the league, right, but if it takes two or three, four years of being in the middle of nowhere for us to become the team we want to be, then I'm happy to take that, you know? And, and if we, every single season we need to spend 100 million euros or however many... Um, However much money we threw down the drain with like Dembele and Griezmann, Coutinho, um, Andre Gomes, and, and, and players like that, it's just not worth it. It really is just not worth it. It's not sustainable, and it's not a team that excites me. It's not something that I grew up watching, and for me, it's not the way forward. Of course, I'm always going to support the club because I was born there, it's, it's in my blood, it's, it's who I am. But the people that are running the club at the moment, with the people that they are, they are hiring to, to, to do the sporting part of it, it's, it's just so far from the way that I understand the club to be that it's, it's hard to support them, but of course I will. But in my eyes, it needs to change, and it will not change unless the sources take action, and that's over 100,000 people that need to agree on something, and as we know, that's, that's hard in any field.
0: Well, we've been talking about the big names, uh, but Rick asks, who needs to have a good preseason to get a position on the team and which B-team players have a chance? Uh, and I think this is mainly a question about the BIT players and the guys who are going to fill in minutes. And the guys who you're talking about could potentially be a big part of the future.
3: Yeah, but well, Alana, uh, Riggie Butch, Huawei, um, they should, they should um, establish themselves in the first team, um, even if it's not a start as options. You know, like Andres Iniesta, for example. He took two, three years, if not four, of being a bench player at Barca to actually establish himself. And I'm fine with that. You know, Sergio Roberto needs to establish himself in midfield, not just a, as a right-back alternative. And, yeah, I think up front we've got enough, we spend enough money for these international stars to, to start performing and, you know, making messy justice and actually adding themselves rather than relying on the number 10 all the time.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure how well Malcolm and uh, Jean-Claire Tadebo can have a, a preseason or how well they can play in the preseason to get minutes. I, I don't know if there's going to be minutes for them, regardless of how well they play in the preseason. You'd hope you'd hope so, but in the same uh, vein as Alenya, Puj and Vagwa, I think that five for me is a list of guys that should be playing next year and we'll see what kind of minutes they get. As far as B-teamers, even uh, Oral Busquets, Iñaki Pena, in Neto. I think for Pena, with Neto coming, Pena will most likely again be the starting goalkeeper for Barcelona B, and we'll see what happens to his future uh, in in uh, subsequent seasons. But Ordo Busquets coming back from that injury last year, uh, it was slow going. Again, he still hasn't got to his, his top that he was before. He had that devastating injury. Alex Callado uh, and Carlos Perez, two guys that we did see make their first-team debuts last season. Those are two names that, for me, uh, not only if they have good preseason's, I don't know if that means that they break into Barca or if a good preseason means that uh, they can find their way out on loan to a better club and they kind of showcase their stuff there. Uh, again, I don't know how much with just, again, the, the, the fact that we're worrying about how many minutes Puj is going to get, how many minutes Alenya are going to get, I think that doesn't leave many minutes left over for Callato. Uh And it's a joke to say that somebody's in the first team and just getting some uh, first leg Copa del Rey appearances, making eight appearances on the season. I don't know if that really gets the job done in terms of uh, a player's development.
3: Totally agree with everything you just said. Let's just pick one of those, Neto, right? Great goalkeeper, don't get me wrong. Uh, performed really well in Valencia's previous club and totally deserves to be signed by our first um, sort of top-tier team, um, higher than Valencia. Not taking anything of him. But why is he with us? Why is Nyaki Peña not trusted as a backup goalkeeper to Tej Stegen, who is inevitably going to play pretty much every game of the, of the year? That is what is wrong with the club. You know, you are signing, how much do we pay for Neto? 35, 40 million euros. Huge amount of money for someone who is not going to play. And if he is going to play, he's going to play the Copa del Rey to keep him happy. Do we really trust La Masia that little that Iñaki Pena, who has excelled at Barça and has paid his duties, he's done his time, doesn't get a chance like that? It makes no sense. And that's what's killing the club.
0: Yeah, I mean, even if Inaki Pena obviously has no shot to supplant Mark Andre Ter Stegen, yeah, I I don't understand with the especially with the new Johan Cruyff Stadium basically being set to be open at the end of August. I don't understand why Pena cannot jump between Barcelona B. And the first team, and I know about travel, and it's impossible to kind of be playing on on two fronts in that way, but that means that there has to be enough chances midweek, things like that, where if he starts midweek, then obviously he'll play for Barcelona B, and you can get the guy... Between the first team and Barca B, you get him two games a week. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with, for Pena. Again, I don't expect him to take over for Ter Stegen next year or even the following year. Maybe he winds up, because of Ter Stegen's age, never to be the Barca first team guy. And he needs to go somewhere else to get that those minutes. But I, I think for the time being, I completely agree with you. I don't understand why uh, he hasn't been quality enough to be a backup. But anyway, uh, speaking of Neto, he was some summer business along with uh, De Jong, which was actually signed in January, and Antoine Griezmann, obviously. But what other summer business, Ellie asks is left? Will Coutinho be sold? The Neymar garbage. Either way, what happens there? And I think for me, Rafinha is the only other guy on the preseason tour that I think is probably sold. But I don't know, Francesc. It seems like Rakitic, Ridal, uh, even Coutinho, Dembele. It seems like all those guys are staying. How do you think this is going to pan out?
3: I don't think there's going to be many more changes. Um, if Neymar manages to get himself freed from his previous club in Paris, then I think Coutinho needs to leave. Um, but beyond that, I don't see many more changes. Um, as I've been saying the whole program, I think for me the homegrown talent needs to be a protagonist once again. And in terms of foreign signings, if Neymar isn't coming, which obviously remains to be seen, then I would just leave it at that and, and move forward.
0: Well, Sajif asked, what happens to Coutinho with Griezmann's arrival and I think you said it I I guess nothing happens to him Uh, I don't know what Valverde's plan is going to be on that's the big question of the whole offseason and you go back to episode 140 uh, back in May where we really did talk tactically about how to bring the best out of Griezmann and where he could fit at Barcelona and I'll reiterate that point that it comes down to where Valverde chooses to play him is it Suarez who, who gets some time and James even asked could Suarez come off the bench to keep him fresh I don't know about that is it going to be Coutinho and Dembele who are fighting for that left wing spot? Does Griezmann just take over those minutes? And then what happens to Dembele and Griezmann? And then now you push, uh, excuse me, Coutinho. And then you push Malcolm farther down the depth chart. Uh, I'm not sure what happens with Coutinho. I still am of the mind that this is nothing against the player or the person. I know he dreamt of Barcelona, but, you know, we even saw it was and Ibrahimovic. And this has nothing to do with personalities. Again, Coutinho seems to be well-liked by his teammates, and he's is not have the consternation that Zlatan did. But in one year, if a player of his age and his caliber isn't succeeding at Barcelona, and then you bring in Griezmann, you have to cash out on Continuo. Even if you take a loss for him, it doesn't... I, I just don't think it makes sense to... You're right, upset the dressing room and make players unhappy and have, a, have players worrying about playing time and still not getting the best out of Coutinho, continuing to put him in the headlines for uh, being a, a bust at Barcelona. All this negative stuff, I, I'd say for the best of his career, you, you sell him on, even if, you have, even if you don't get 120. Maybe you get seven, He's still worth 75 million euros, so I, I don't know. I'm still in the camp, but it seems like Coutinho, unless he's involved in a swap deal for Neymar, it seems like Coutinho will be with the club next season.
3: Yeah, I agree. I think that Coutinho's um, time at Barcelona has been a success and it's better to cut your losses now and let him go. And, and adding to this, I don't know if Malcolm is in the right club. Uh, I know that he's got a lot of fans. I know that he comes and, you know, balancing things. But honestly, if you've got Griezmann there now as well and you're going to get Neymar or potentially going to get Neymar, then there's no place for him. He needs to go as well.
0: But even at the end of last season, I've I've talked about it before about the midfield, where we went at the start of the year to mentioning all these midfielders and how was anybody going to get any time. And yet at the end of the season, Valverde seems to only be playing with four or five midfielders. And that's just the way that works. And I think the forward line can be the same thing. One injury to one of them, and it changes everything. Uh, and, you know, we've seen Dembele awfully getting injured, and the older Suarez and Messi get, the more susceptible they will be to injuries. So I think it's you even get to the point where depth is important at the beginning of a season, because you don't know who's going to be healthy in the spring. Uh, and that brings us to the point that Michael makes. Give us a preferred 11 for UCL next season, and this is with the caveat, as I've been saying, that everybody is healthy.
3: That's very hard. Um, oh, yeah. Third second on goal, I would say if everyone's healthy, Umtiti and Piqué in the middle, uh, then I would say, for me, Semedo as right-back. Left-back for Jordi Alba, of course. And then this is when it gets tricky. I would say Busquets still. And then for me, the young and Arthur. Then I would place... I think Dembele is great. So I, I would put Dembele as the right wing. And then I would place probably... I would probably put Messi in the middle as a striker and leave Griezmann in the wing. And if that doesn't work, put uh, Messi whatever he wants, as he, <laughs> as he does anyway, and leave um, Suárez as a striker. But the thing is, in order to win the Champions League, as we've seen over the last decade, really, uh, you need 15, 16 starters. And, you know, the, the more quality you have, the more chances you have. But um, for me, it comes down to personality and, and respect. But, you know, we're going back to the very beginning again with that.
0: Yep, and I think it comes down to, two that... Uh Very much the Pep Guardiola idea that he, I mean, and Guardiola has suffered thinking this way, but I think this is the correct way in the long term to think, that you study your opponent, you realize what your opponent, uh, what's hurt your opponent, if you will, and you select a lineup based on that. So uh, at the moment, as silly as it sounds, Roberto is the more offensive right back, and Semedo is the more defensive right back, so if you know you're going to be under attack all game with a counter-attacking team that has a lot of speedy wingers, like we'll see Villarreal this season, then you go with Semedo. But if it's a, a team that, that is like Hatafe that you're going to have to pass around and break down, then you go with Roberto. And I think the same thing is going to apply for a starting 11. So I know it's a cop-out answer because I don't want to give a starting 11 at this moment because, again, we don't know where Griezmann's going to play. We don't know which players are still going to be sold. But you'd think that the front three of Griezmann, Suarez, and Messi, uh, when push comes to shove, I'm trying to get in the mind of of Valverde. That is probably what you're going to go with. And then it gets even harder in midfield. Uh, because Vidal's a year older, but I think you go with Busquets, De young and Artur anyway, and then the back line is, I mean, Umtiti, Langley, flip a coin, who knows what's going to happen there, if Umtiti's even at the club. Uh, again, there's still so much to know in the next uh, month and a half before the season really gets started, uh, and, and Andre asks, uh, talking about Dembele, is the board trying to up Dembele's value by saying he's not compensation for Neymar's deal? I, I don't know about that, but I think Dembele, again, if Neymar comes, certainly is a casualty and I think for me as much as uh, about the Neymar business about his relationship with the club about all that has happened ruining or or how do I say this Uh, basically ending Dembele's career with Barcelona at his age and what his potential is for Neymar I I, that I think to me is the thing that upsets me the most like the the concept that Dembele is going to be thrown by the wayside to bring Neymar back Uh, again based on their ages Based, I know they're both injury-prone, but Dembele has a lot more use in front of him, and you're going to trust that he's got to get healthier. Neymar is only going to continue to sustain the injuries that he has, and he's played uh, very few games in Paris, believe it or not. As much as though in, in Ligue 1, when he's banging goals and getting assists at insane numbers, he still has spent a lot of time on the sideline. And uh, coming back to the Liga, I don't expect that to change. Uh, so for me, uh, just... I don't know. I, I, I don't even want to think of that question because compromising Dembele's future at Barcelona for Neymar I think is the most upsetting thing to me.
3: Yeah, I don't want to get rid of Dembele. No no chance, no way. He's, he's very young. Um, he has to mature. You know? uh, he has to learn to, to sort of understand his body, what he can push and when he can push and how and when not to. Um, hopefully the last two, three years of injuries he's had um, has helped him understand that. And I think his ceiling is very, very high. Um, and I agree with you. I think so if, if it was a straight swap, Neymar Dembele, I wouldn't take it. I would keep Dembele for sure. Um, if he still has another injury prone season then obviously it's time to offload the next year. But at this moment in time I keep I keep the Frenchman.
0: Yeah, I I, I have no disagreements here that I think that Dembele showing that he came back to training early. Yes, obviously, it's a lot about marketing. It's all about pushing narratives. But with Dembele and Tadibo coming back a week early, uh, it does show their intent. So even if it was, you know, all those smiles and all that was just a marketing ploy, they were still there for a week early and they were still getting in shape and showing you that there is commitment uh, to being better there by Dembele. And uh, again, just trying to break that uh, idea that I think... I don't want to go too far with this, but I think a lot has been written about how certain players uh, in England, Raheem Sterling, how certain players, if you understand what I'm saying, are covered by the media, and uh, I think it's vile and disgusting, and I'll leave it there. Um, now let's switch gears just a little bit. Uh, Douglas asks, will Nabil Fakir, linked with the move to Betis, do players move to La Liga in an attempt to get on Barca and Madrid's radars? Or is it just La is a good league, Frances?
3: I think La Liga is a good league, and I don't quite know how that question links to our podcast.
0: <laughs> well, I think uh, it comes. What comes down to the idea that I though I, I think where Douglas is getting at is that does even Rakitic, if he's not signed from Sevilla, same thing with Le. if they're not signed from Sevilla, do Barcelona really go out and get them? Like, uh, for, so before Rakitic was at Sevilla, he was at Schalke. Do Barcelona sign him from Schalke, or do they? Or do I mean? As they have in the same way with Andre Gomes. If Andre Gomes had come up as he did in Portugal, if he doesn't sign for Valencia, do they sign him from uh, a Portuguese club? I mean, I think well, that's, I, that's the point. I, I get
3: I, it. I get it now. I get it now. Um, very good question. Stupid on me to not understand the first time.
0: Oh, you're um, forgiven. It's all good. <laughs>
3: um, I mean, the answer is no, they shouldn't have to um, have perform at La Liga at that level for, for us to see them. But clearly, based on the quality of scouting we've got in the current squad and in the current board and the, the organigramma of the club right now, then they clearly do. But they shouldn't have to. I mean, if our sporting director was, director was Monchi who has been excelling at Sevilla, and then moved to um, Italy and come back to Sevilla again, if he was a sporting director, I can assure you, some of those gems that he seems to find will be ours. But clearly... Um, our coaching staff and our boards and of directors and scouting don't seem to see those gems, so unfortunately they probably do, even though they shouldn't have to
0: Yeah, there is more money, obviously in football and in transfers, so a guy like Giovanni Lo Celso who you'd think would never be able to go from PSG. I mean, that's where else can you go from there uh, with what his wages were, but he gets a permanent move to Batiste now, and they're able to afford him uh, at a pretty reasonable, I guess, I guess Mark and uh, Matias Vargas to Espanol, Alexander Isak going from Dortmund to, we also see a dad trying to resurrect his very, very young career. He's still just 20. Sevilla, I mean, they, they picked up six, seven players now. Uh, Debor, Ocampos, uh, Conde from, uh, uh coming from France, uh, and Oliver Torres, actually, uh, old Atletico Madrid player, making his return uh, from Porto. So Sevilla overhauling uh, a lot of their squad uh, through, I guess you'd say, shrewd pickups uh, for younger players. And João Felix, obviously the big, big name coming from uh, Benfica to Atletico Madrid for the amount that he did. The same amount, obviously, that Barcelona are going to play for, uh, paying for Griezmann. And so I think a lot of those players, not just to get to Barcelona, Madrid, but La Liga seems to be the next step for them. And in the way that the Bundesliga was able to change their marketing technique to basically say... We've got all this young talent. I mean, that's why I was in Dembele and uh, and Jaden Sancho going from England to, to Dortmund. Those all being examples that the Bundesliga puts themselves as, hey, we're the, the place where young players come up and make their name and become these superstars, and maybe they move on to bigger clubs. And I think with these signings, there is ambition from uh, teams not named Barca and Real Madrid saying that, you know, La Liga can be that place for young talents. And then if they want to make their Premier League money, if they want to make money at Barca or Real or Bayern Munich or... Uh, PSG, then you can come to La Liga and make that the stepping stone. So I, I think Douglas, there really is something to that. And uh, speaking of English players making the move, Zach asks, what do you think about the Louis Barry signing? The 16-year-old West Brom from, uh, from the age of 6, he will be joining the Juvenil A ah and playing alongside Ansu Fadi and EX Moriba, who we've already mentioned Javi Simons in this. Javi Simons is going to be playing Juvenil Bay, but guys who are the same age and younger than even Simons. There's nothing against Simons, but I've been almost screaming from the top of a mountain that, again, it's not a knock on Simons. But Ansu Fadi and EX Moriba, I've got a YouTube video on this as well. These are the two guys that uh, we want to be talking about. They're doing the preseason with Barcelona B. They're the fastest riders in La Masia at the moment. And I want to see if Louis Barry is going to be one of those guys who is really at the top of La Masia depth chart of guys that could break into the first team uh, eventually. But he will be competing for time. With Juan Jardy, uh, who played for Juvenile Bay, as well as Juvenile Bays, playing for Gadet A last year. Leo Dos Reis, Jardy and Dos Reis were uh, the, the most goal-getters. They both had 24 in La Masia a season ago. Uh, the other wrinkle here is that Louis Barry, and this is what I want you to uh, uh, weigh in on, Frances's, Victor Valdez news that he might be coaching the Juvenile Oz next year. That means that we will have a goalkeeper in charge of the young Englishman Louis Barry up top.
3: Yeah, I think it's great news that um, traditionally great players that we've had, like Valdez has been and clearly was for many years, is going back to the club. I think that's the right caliber of people to, to lead our youngsters. Um, I really do hope and, and knowing him, where well, he was a professional player, um, he doesn't get contaminated with the politics that can come, you know, and, and sort of taking you off your actual path, the path you want to follow. I, thought that, I hope that Valdez remains pure to himself, and I'm sure he will, and that can only be good news. In terms of picking up a 16-year-old youngster from England, well, you know, there's a lot of English clubs that have done that to us over the years. We says Fabrega has been a prime example, Pique and Toral and many others, um, Bellerin as well. So, yep, yeah, about time we did it the other way around, so welcome.
0: One of the other notes, uh, other than Louis Barry, that we want to mention is 20-year-old Hiroki Abe, uh, J-League's Young Player of the Year in 2018 from the Kashima Antlers. And the whole thing is that he's not uh, Takafusa Kubo, who went to Real Madrid, obviously. That's what's been dominating the headlines. But Abe, again, was a J-League Young Player of the Year. Uh, He doesn't have the prestige at the moment of Kubo, but he's a 20-year-old who will be playing with Barcelona B. And it is cynical to think, and uh, Charlie Barca, actually, our, our good old friend Charlie, asked on just about a half an hour ago on Twitter, uh, just asked, was this just a marketing ploy? Because again, they're doing preseason part of it in Japan. I don't know. I think it's a little cynical, but he could be a good player uh, in his own light. And I think it, it shows a little bit of ambition from Barcelona. Uh, we always talk about Brazilians making the move and uh, being marketing ploys. And uh, again, with Japan, it's a very, uh, or basically any Asian player now, because of what it takes to bring him to a club, and being that he is a non-EU signing, um, you know, it it means that they have to have some kind of investment in him. Uh, And I think it might be cynical, but he still might be a player as well, and I just want to try to evaluate him as a talent alone, so we'll see how he does, Uh, most likely battling with uh, Carlos perez all, uh, and potentially Anzu uh on the left wing that's where uh, Abe usually plays so that'll be an interesting thing too and again it's it's really cynical to think that he would just sign for marketing or to to, to almost soothe over what happened with Kubo but I think at least for me Frances I'm done talking about the uh, Takafusa Kubo stuff he's a Real Madrid player now uh in Barcelona I'm happy that they're looking at England and Japan and just looking at different places to scour the earth of talent
3: yep totally agreed um the moment someone joins Real Madrid, they, um, they don't really deserve a second in a podcast, so let's move on.
0: Andres asks, what is the situation with the left-back position?
3: So for me, it's, um, it's not a conundrum. The, the, the left-back should be for Jordi Alba. Um, he's been excelling for many years, and he's a clear starter. He's going to play the vast majority of games. Um, having said that, I think he needs a backup, someone who is reliable. And for me, you know, there are different options in the Spanish La Liga market. Now, for me, Kukureya is the obvious choice. Um, he's homegrown. He understands the club, what he means to play for it. Um, he has shown at Ava that he's got the skills. And to me, someone who's come to the, through the La Masia youth system um, and has excelled at La Liga level that is going to cost 4-5 million euros to, to bring back should be the option. Anything else, to me, makes makes very little sense.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. It seems like the news is that Kukureya is is going to be leaving for Ibar Ibar are one of the least spending La Liga clubs so when they do spend their money they try to spend it wisely it seems like he's a wise pickup for them um to me it seems like it's Junior Firpo or more likely no one uh I don't know what that means Juan Miranda like Alvaro Ruiz Alejandro Marquez Jandro Eleana and Arnau Tanas, they're all with the U19s at the moment. So that means Miranda and Alvaro Ruiz are not in the Barca first team for their preseason tour, uh, at least to start. And I don't know how that will affect their playing time. So you wanted to talk about, uh, going all the way back to Rick's question about the guys who preseason could affect. Those two were definitely two of the ones who could have been getting some first team minutes, maybe. um, But I don't know... You know, in the beginning of last year, it seemed like Miranda was an option and he played his way out of it. And then he excelled for Barcelona B later on the season, really found his form. Um, so I, I don't know how Juan Miranda fits in the puzzle. It seems like he doesn't. Uh, and I wouldn't be too surprised if, uh, again, uh, Kevin Williams even said on, on Twitter that a, a transfer window of Griezmann, Junior Firpo, uh, and Frankie de Young is basically anything that anybody should ask for. Yes, they didn't replace Luis Suarez their traditional number nine uh and Antoine Griezmann is not an out and out number nine striker but uh if Verde and Barcelona tactically have something up their sleeve and they can all make it work I don't think many people will complain and they say it's a good transfer window but they certainly do have to worry about that left back spot and it seems like uh if all reports you know Samuel Marsden whoever else is talking to the people within the club it seems like left back is where they're going to try to reinforce uh and again you're just talking about a backup left back so there are certainly worse problems to have uh I, I think the the rest of it is just the other business to be done. Uh, it's just not going through with the Neymar business. And, Frances, that's why I bring you on, just to talk everybody off the ledge there. And, and just for me, I just keep getting wrapped up in this Neymar stuff. Uh, and that's why we had that great show last week with Chef Daniel about Catalan cuisine, because I did need a little bit of a break.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was a delicious show, Dan. Well done. It was very interesting.
0: Well, Frances, uh, this will wrap it up. Uh, thanks for all of the people who gave LaRonda questions. And thanks. For you, Frances, to take time out of your vacation with Mickey Mouse and Goofy to to help us out talking about uh, a little bit of a Goofy player that Barcelona has in Antoine Griezmann. And thanks so much to you, the listeners, for ta- tuning in again. You can tap in your app and check out the show notes to subscribe. You can also find us on social media too. We're on Twitter at the Barcelona Pod or at HiltonD13 for me. On Instagram at the Barcelona Pod. close Facebook group TB dot link backslash group that's where we have our deeper dives our discussions and that's how these guys ask laronda questions you can also help us out on patreon to continue making these shows it's where we have our quick take match reviews throughout the season tvpod.link backslash patreon without our patrons and i can tell you every single one of our patrons without them this show does not continue happening you heard it we don't have any ads we don't have ads on youtube we don't use ads or sponsorships we just have our patreon stuff so that's so important to keeping the podcast going we're also on youtube now as well where i do some different stuff than the podcast it's actually more uh information it's some different special things about the most expensive transfers about Masia's best players in 2018 these different special uh Clasico. classico by the numbers, things like that, the history of a classico. So we do that out on the YouTube channel. Check us out and hit that subscription button. So thanks so much for listening to Barcelona Podcast. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Forza Barca! Barca!
1: They call you the Grill Master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. in your own backyard for 140 years. And from our longstanding dedication to our neighbor's health, we've perfected something we call Careology. It's the science of compassion and excellence, which all our doctors, nurses, and specialists are committed to. For us, Careology is more than procedure. It's personal. O'Connor Hospital, your community hospital. OCH.SCCGov.org.